following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan, hour number two. On a Tuesday broadcast presented by the incredible Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Download that Eagle Casino and Sportsbook app. Make a qualifying bet on any remaining Lions regular season game and you could win a brand new Lions Ford Bronco. Just download the... Eagle Casino and Sportsbook app and make that qualifying bet on the Lions and they'll have that drawing on January 8th and it's on display in front of Soren Eagle in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Superfly Hayes getting ready for celebration. I told him, man, Lions play on Christmas Eve. The Vikings, they can clinch the NFC North. We need to work on Christmas Day. And for the first time ever, Superfly looked at me and said, I'm not working on Christmas Day. And then I said, why don't we take the broadcast equipment to Mama Hayes' big holiday table where we were packed in like, I don't know, coming over on a raft from Cuba for Thanksgiving. I had a good two inches of arm room. I had to suck my turkey gravy out of a straw at Mama Hayes's quaint but cramped holiday table. And I said, let's do the show live there. And then I thought after being around Thanksgiving at the Hayes Farm, that would be fun, fun. They swear too much and their dogs would be barking all the time. So we'll have our Gold Star tribute show we do to the families who have lost loved ones who made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. We always do that on the holidays. It's my way of saying thank you to those who have served, currently served, and those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. So we rotate in interviews we've had with Gold Star families. That will be on Monday's show. Uh, Today we dropped our Coppercraft huge question of the day. Coppercraft Distillery. Honolulu Blue, huge question of the day. It's blue raspberry, lemonade, vodka. If you're a Lions fan and you're not drinking it, you're a traitor. Go put on your Detroit Rams jersey. And hope Stafford comes home. I I don't know who I'm going to cheer for. I'm going to sew half of a Stafford number nine and half of a Goff. And I'm going to wear it. I'm torn. It's like when my girlfriend dated both of my fraternity brothers. Ah, 
right, our Honolulu Blue huge question of the day. By the way, look for Honolulu Blue. I got a picture from somebody who said, is this what you talk about all the time? And I said, yes, it is. And there's a photo from a Meyer store. I don't know which one they said. And it's a whole aisle full of Honolulu Blue. So look for it at your local Meyer store, your local spirit stores. Get it ready for the holidays. You can order up any of their spirits from Coppercraft Distillery. It will make your holiday party even more special. And they got some deals right now. You can have it shipped to your home or business. Just Google Coppercraft Distillery. And I'll be live at the Coppercraft Distillery in Holland. Coming up on Friday, statewide, 3 until 6, 120th Street in Holland. Anybody in West Michigan, if you've never visited uh, where Coppercraft and all of their products are distilled and processed and produced. It's they got a tasting room there, Saugatuck, really cool place. I'll be there live. Three until six on Friday. Coppercraft Distillery, 120th in Holland with our longtime affiliate WHTC. My, what a difference two games makes on a season for Tom Izzo and Michigan State. The last two games, they've looked like that. Preseason number four team in America. Unbelievable performance on both ends of the floor against Baylor. And then I was worried about, hey, uh, was that a one-game aberration? You get the short turnaround. Oakland has pushed some really strong teams to the brink of losing and beaten a couple of good ones. And that score wasn't even as close as it finished. Michigan State with another dominating performance. Graham Couch. Couch in the Rube podcast, and also opinion maker for the Lansing State Journal, uh, joins us. He's listening now at AM 730. The Huge Show is back live weekday afternoons, 3 until 6 in Lansing. How you doing, Graham? I'm doing well, Bill. Hey. Uh, uh, yeah, no, it, it, is a, it is a different Michigan State wow. team than the last time we talked. God, yeah. That's what I mean. I, we talked last, I mean, it was a week ago, six days ago, whatever it was. And you're wondering, is, is this team going to be able to finish 500? Uh, above 500 on the season, and now you look at how they played, and there's not a game remaining on their schedule if they play the way they did the last two that they they could not win. I'm not saying they're going to win out, but they are now back in that conversation of the NCAA tournament, uh, upper third of the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely, and then, you know, it was interesting just to watch. I mean, they played okay, actually, at Nebraska. Nebraska had a big win at Kansas State since then. So I think one of the things that sometimes happens early in seasons is we don't know what the other teams are, right? That was James Madison, which is still a terrific team. And and, uh, and so sometimes you don't – you react and your perception is formed of a team. But Michigan State's problems were, were very much real early on as well. And a, a few things have changed. One – it started with just sort of a, I think the Baylor game came up at the perfect time. It was a Baylor team that's a little bit overrated. I don't think that's quite a top 10 team. They're a really good offensive team. But it was also in a setting that felt big at Little Caesars Arena. It was, you know, and a group of guys that have played in those, in those sort of settings before. And it just felt like it was a time they had to do something. And I think uh, it's a veteran group that, that um, you know, really rose to the occasion. And, you know, when they play defensively like they did against Baylor and like they did for much of the game against 
Oakland, they're just they've got a lot of switchable parts. They've got a backcourt that can give you all sorts of problems, and that's just something that a lot of teams are going to struggle to counter. They took Baylor completely out of what they wanted to do, and then they're able to run. And when they run, everybody feels better. The offense comes easier. They get extra points. Uh, people get in rhythms and. And you've just seen their guard. I mean, A.J. Hogard, is, he's played a few good games in a row now, but the last two just in complete control. Um, and, you know, even, you know, Trey Holloman's played better. Jeremy Fears has played better. Everybody seems to be coming alive at the right time and, 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 and maybe just in time. Um, and uh, it's, it's made a difference on the scoreboard. Yeah, uh, just a, a, an amazing transformation. And I know one thing I heard is, so I think it was in the post game. After the Baylor win, Graham, where Izzo really relishes having quality practice time where him and his staff and his players all can come together and improve on what they need to get better on. Yeah, and he's, he's been able to have, you know, one of the things he's had from the beginning, because they have good depth, is really good five-on-five practices. So, I mean, you think about what a five-on-five practice looks like for them and the, the type of guys were on the floor and it's Fears versus Hogard and Fears and Holloman and versus Hogard and Tyson Walker and it's, um, you know, Cohen Carr and, uh, and, and against Akins and, and, or, or, or down low against Malik Hall. And it just the, the types of practices they're able to have, they're able to face second units that are often, you know, going to be better than some teams that they face. And so they get that every day. I, I, you know, the other thing that's, you know, I, I do think, and I, I don't want to say that they, I don't think they were they were bored or anything like that, but I think there were some some figuring out of what things were going to be with the new pieces that came in and the guys coming back, and some things were more different for those guys coming back than maybe I realized. I think for uh, AJ Hogard, I, I, I do think it bothered him a little bit in how he played having Jeremy Fears over his shoulder, and. You know, it was. It's pretty clear now when Hogard's playing well. I mean, he's he's the guy, right? And, and that's and I, so I think he had to get over that. I think for some of the young guys, it was you know Jeremy Fears Jr. as good as he is, and he's played exceptional the last couple of games. He is not as good yet as Tyson Walker was as the backup point guard in key moments a year ago. So they weren't even as good there as well. And, and so I think there were a lot of things. Cohen Carr for all the dunks is starting to figure out where he's supposed to be defensively. And then you see what he does with the help side defense and blocking that alley-oop attempt against Baylor and all that sort of stuff. That's the, that's a play he would not have made three weeks ago. So you're seeing a freshman grow into things and you're seeing a team just sort of figure out uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of things together. And, and uh, I think there's some role definition that, that, that sort of happened and that's made a difference. So when you look at this team moving forward, as he found his right rotation uh, do the players understand their roles? Uh, was this past two games the foundation for Izzo and the Spartans to go on a run to end the season? Well, they're still going to get Jackson Kohler back, which I think will change them a, a little bit offensively, and, and I think help them. Now, what will he? You know, the question is always going to be defensively with him because there are times what you've seen is really good ball screen defense, especially from Sissoko and Cooper and. You know, do you give something up on the other end? But he he will change who they are offensively when he's in the game. I think for the better. So there's there's another gear. We still haven't seen Jade Makins. I think find his level offensively where he's consistent. Um, But I do think he is. There are certain things he's found, and I think the guys are very comfortable with. And 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 Hogard is 
is such a key to them. I mean, it really, I mean, because Walker is the constant, and, and we all know he's an exceptional college basketball player. When Hogarth is the force that he's been of late, what that does for Walker, what that does to other teams, it, it, he, they just become so difficult to guard, and, and they can do so much defensively. And it, um, it's hard to trust A.J. Hogarth because we've seen him fade away a little bit, but he does seem dialed in. He says the right things. It's not that he won't have a game or two. There will be a swoon in this season where people are frustrated or something goes wrong. It just it tends to happen. But um, they certainly look like a team that's, that's found some focus and some purpose and, and is reinvigorated. I agree. Graham Couch, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, co-host Couch of the Rube podcast, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Your thoughts on the start without any time on the sidelines – but the job that Jonathan Smith has done since taking over uh, the Michigan State football program here on the eve of his first signing day. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a crazy time for new coaches because it's not really fair to them, right? You've got the, everything going on, and you, you've got to sign a class in your first three weeks, hire a staff, um, you know, the portal, everything. Keep your own roster intact. It's a lot. It's too much. They need to move the signing day. But he's got 14 Verbal commitments, from what I understand about right now, and um, you just got some guys that you know, as expected, some guys that have sort of flipped out of the out of MAC programs. Guys, I think they can develop. They've kept some guys who were a couple guys who were higher ranked guys. He's got some good guys who were um, commits to Oregon State or that they were in on there, and so it's a real mixed class. But I think he's done a nice job of getting together a class with a lot of intrigue, and of course, the key to that getting getting the quarterback, which means you've got a functioning NIL system in place. Um, Aiden Childs is not free, <laughs> even though they had the previous relationship with Jonathan Smith. And, and so you, you right away have a guy who uh, uh, could be a playmaker at that position, got three years left of eligibility, and uh, you got to build a team around him, gives him a chance. But that's a, that's a pretty good start. Graham, uh, enjoy your Christmas. Thank you for your time here on the Huge Show across Michigan. You too, Bill. Take care. All right, Graham Couch giving us an update on Izzo and Michigan State hoops. And Coach Smith, I like what he's doing, man. I'm serious. He got the best transfer portal QB in Childs, who was at Oregon State, got Velling a great tight end bailout target who had eight TDs for the Beavers. You know, I thought it'd be like a five-year plan originally, whoever came in, but I'm kind of feeling, could they push to... You know, five and seven, six and six in year one, and that second year be a eight nine win team. You get a quarterback, it can change things. Go ask Michigan State this year. Forget the Tucker stuff. They didn't have a quarterback. They let Peyton Thorne and Keon Coleman go, and Thorne almost beat Alabama. Tell me, JJ McCarthy can't do that. And Keon Coleman emerged as one of the best receivers in pro football, and they both left East Lansing. Writing was on the wall that there was stuff up with Tucker, and nobody saw it. Everybody knew it was going to be a horrible season going in. If you want to join us, our Honolulu Blue Huge Question of the Day presented by Coppercraft Distillery. And speaking of Alabama, Michigan, what's your early vibe in that game? You can join us, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE. To 21,000. That's the word huge. Uh, to 21,000.
To the callers online, stick around. Michigan will hear you next. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. For goodness sake, wear your seatbelt. Better yet, for your family's sake, your friend's sake, for your own sake, buckle up. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police knows that seatbelts save lives. The Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police sees firsthand what happens when seatbelts aren't used. We want Michigan to be the leader in seatbelt use. We want everyone in Michigan to get home safely. For everyone's sake, buckle up every time. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he is a managing shareholder at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew at the end of the year. And with the merger, there is growth and a chance for you to fill an executive or other high-level finance-related roles, either at Bean Garter here in downtown Grand Rapids or over at the Dorn Mayhew World Headquarters in Troy or at any of their offices across the country and around the world. They have a national specialized talent pool with ideal candidates for long-term placement, ongoing support for post-placement success. So if you're looking for that next chapter in your professional career, talk to Josh Garvey and the team at Bean Garter. Easiest way, you can call Bean Garter, ask for Josh Garvey, or go to their website, B-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-R.com, or look for Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, on Facebook and on Twitter. Welcome to the Drew World Order. Drew Hill, Friday, January 26th at Soaring Eagle Casino. There's a party on this hill. Same show, the soulful bad boy R&B. Genuine. Ride the pony for a two-stepping good time. Tickets start at $45 and are on sale now at the box office or online at etix.com. Genuine. Drew Hill. Friday, January 26th at Sorry Evil Casino. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Tuesday broadcast presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also make plans for New Year's Eve. They got their 80s Rewind Bash happening New Year's Eve in Mount Pleasant at Soren Eagle. We do have our Honolulu Blue, huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery. What's your early vibe on that Alabama-Michigan 
college football playoff semifinal. You can join us at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That is on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan because they are a Michigan-based bank and your money stays right here in Michigan. Not a lot of banks can say that. 1-866-838-4843. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, Michigan offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, in about 40 minutes. From the Wolverine.com Michigan football podcast, his thoughts on the Crimson Tide and the mighty Wolverines. Let's go talk to Tim Stout. Stout on sports is heard weekday mornings at 10 a.m. on our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, which now is carrying the huge show live again in the afternoons, 3 until 6. Uh, Tim, uh, the sky was falling on Michigan State basketball less than a week ago, and now Izzo and the Spartans have put together back-to-back games where they look like that preseason number four team in the country. Well, they certainly did, Bill, on Saturday against Baylor. Uh, I think Baylor got got them at a bad time. I mean, you know, they you know, they were frustrated after the way they'd opened with two Big Ten losses, which they virtually never do and would have to carry that record over into January. And so how's this? Who's next? Oh, Baylor? Well, if we're going to make a statement, we better make it against Baylor. Baylor had not played Bill in 13 days, and I think it showed. And Baylor never, ever, as you know, got adjusted early in the game. I mean, when you're down 36 to 11, it's a little deflating. And for the team that's leading, that's exhilarating, as you know. So that played out the way it did. And I, I think Oakland, you know, God bless Greg Campy, the coach, for playing good non-conference teams. It helps him when he gets into the Horizon League schedule. But in my opinion, they could play State a thousand times. They're never going to beat them. And, uh, and I think, frankly, State takes that game every year because camp, that Oakland needs the money. Izzo likes Campy. There's a paycheck for Oakland, so they just keep playing, and Oakland just keeps losing. State will beat Stony Brook Thursday night, and then they break for nine days. Indiana State's currently 10-2. and two. That's a week from Saturday, December 30th, but Larry Bird's not on that 10-2 and two team. And then they get Penn State to resume Big Ten play, and I would argue Penn State's the worst team in the Big Ten. They get them at the Breslin Center on January 4th. So where are they going to lose again? I mean, they're going to be heavy favorites at least in the next three. They're 6-5 and five now, so that's 9-5. and five. And by then, Bill, is anybody else injured? Is Jackson Kohler available to come back and contribute in the middle? Because after they play Penn State, then the schedule gets far more difficult within the league from that point. I think when you get, uh, you know, to the first weekend in January, then things are going to kind of sort themselves out, in my opinion, all across the Big Ten, because now you're all playing two games a week. You're home and away, home and away, and you're going to play most of these, you know, all, all the, the top teams sooner or later. So um, the Baylor game, obviously, I think to most people was a surprise. State was a slight underdog, and the game wasn't even competitive. But they made shots in that game, too, and they ran the ball well, and everything just fell into place from one time, and who knows how discouraged Baylor just packed it in in the second half. Yeah, we'll see, man. I can't wait for the Big Ten uh, hoops to start, and we'll hear from John Beeline uh, within the hour each and every week with Josh Garvey from Dorn Mayhew. Coach comes in to talk Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, and the Pistons. Man, what about the Pistons? 24 games in a row, and I'm not going to listen to anything about, well, they played hard, and Kate had a great game last night. 
Cade, talk to me when you want to play both ends of the floor and teach the rest of the Pistons to play some defense because they are the worst statistical defensive team in the NBA. So the running joke on the air, which included this morning with my producer and any caller, is I said, I think the streak is over. And not only that, they could have a winning streak of two or three games because Thursday they get Utah at home and they're 10 and 17, but they're two, uh, they're, uh, they're three and 12 on a road. And then they get Brooklyn on back-to-back nights and Brooklyn is 13 and 13. Now for me to get stupid and just say, well, they'll win those three, but you know what, Bill, I, I think they're closer. I buy all that. I, I mean, the record they have is unbelievable given the fact that all those NBA teams have the same salary cap the same chances to win as everybody else and you i mean you, it's just almost impossible to believe anybody can lose as many games in a row as they have lost but if they're gonna win to me looking at that schedule the next three utah again and then two brooklyn's now after that it gets bad again so if they lose to utah then who knows where all this is going to end up and i'm with you on Cunning. Look, the Pistons announced team, they, they basically are trying to sell tickets. They're ha- trying to hang in there. I watch those games for the postgame show. I don't watch. All I do is check the scores. And then I want to see how this is going to get explained away on the postgame show because I see some very dour faces there who look for just about anything to tell the public that things are going to get better, to which you know our friend Greg Kelser has to say at the end, he says, it's going to end, and it's going to end. Well, it probably is going to end. The big question is when. But look out for Thursday with the Jazz in here, because this is not the John Stockton Utah Jazz of the past. With a 24-game losing streak, Tim Stout from Stout on Sports on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing is saying, watch out. Watch, Watch out, out for th- for Thursday <laughs> with Utah. Is it Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday? It's th- Thursday yeah. night. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, thought. there may not be – it was amazing, Bill. The other night when they played Philadelphia at home, there was, a, there was a video shot on the Internet at the opening tip. And honest to goodness, it looked to me like from the video shot there was that there could not have been 300 people at the stand. It looked like a Division Eight high school basketball game somewhere in the state of Michigan. I mean, at the way they're going, I can only imagine the thousands of empty seats they've got coming up on once the calendar gets to January. And they're, I mean, they're on a pace to go six and 76 and the records nine and 73 for futility. So like I told my guy, I'm not necessarily predicting a win over Utah, but if they're going to beat anybody, if they're, I mean, it's, I would think it's at home, and I would think Utah's vulnerable. But I said that about the Washington Wizards the other night when they were two and fourteen, and they beat them by nineteen. Then I thought five and fourteen Memphis would come in and beat or get beat, and the, the Memphis blew them out, and they didn't have John Moran for that game either. So they tend to play to some degree, you know, at the level of their opposition as they did for a while last night. And it was amazing. All they're talking about is Cunningham points and Bogdanovich points, but they gave up hundred and thirty. I mean, you give up 130, you're probably not going to win, and they didn't win. But, you know, the moment they win a game, then they're just another lousy team. In my opinion, as long as they keep this streak going, they're kind of America's team because it's an amazing streak to watch, you have to admit. You can listen for updates on America's team weekday mornings after 10 a.m. on Stout on Sports. (laughs) On the game, seven thirty a.m. Oh, you got to play a little James Brown living in America. 
24 in a row. You know, here's what I'll say. And it's kind of like where Michigan State got it going, in my mind, the last two games. Defense created offense, creates tempo, creates easy buckets, creates turnovers. When you look inside the numbers, the Pistons are giving up more points per game than any other team in the NBA. And that's a fact, Jack. Yeah, yeah, it is. And then look at the points they gave up in the first quarter. I mean, even last night, I thought, well, you know, maybe they could play with Atlanta. What's Atlanta? Blah, blah, blah. And what did Atlanta have in the first quarter? Something like at least 31, 2, 3, whatever it was. And they get out to a decent lead early on. Now, I'm one who thinks the NBA goes down to the final two minutes. And a lot, like last night, that game was winnable. I mean, they were down five or six, whatever it was, with three or four minutes to go. And I thought, you know, Atlanta, do you want to be the team that ends the streak? Are you going to be the team that lets them get into the win? column and of course they played just enough to win that thing by six but to your point the defense it creates points and they almost almost never get that at all it it, it look i've never seen anything like it down there with as much money as they spent and the money they paid that coach who was fired in the first place and he looks like he just absolutely has absolutely no idea what to do other than the fact that he must count it off his calendar oh my golly we have still got 55 games left to play. They got two thirds of the schedule left, and, it, and they haven't won a game since October. Not since October, they have not won a game. So, I mean, I claim it's one of the big sports stories in the state of Michigan this year. Not quite number one, but their losing streak has got to rank up there because it what's well, a franchise record, and they're four away from the NBA record. What would be the as the story of the year has to be in the state? The Lions, I would think on the verge of winning the NFC North, which they can do Christmas Eve in Minneapolis. It would be Michigan, uh, the overall number one seed in the college football playoff right there. Trying to think, what would the third story be? Well, so today we ranked the top five. Right, what top were they? five we ranked. I had the Lions resurgence, number one. Okay. Number two, the on-field and off-field story of Michigan football. Number three, the demise of Mel Tucker yes, yes. in Michigan State. Amen. With I'm with record. you right now on all three. Yeah. Now, number four and five, we had some debate. Number four and five, in no particular order, could be the retirement of Miguel Cabrera and the Pistons' 24 games. Now, Miguel Cabrera's retirement doesn't count as one of the top five. I'll put Pistons in there at four, and five would be... um, The Huge Show is back live weekdays at 3 on the game, (laughs) 7.30 a.m. I'd, I'd make I'd market higher than that. I mean, I'd make the market higher than that. Don't 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 put me anywhere near Tucker or Hardball, okay? But here's the other classic, Bill. I think the Lions in the same season could be the number one Michigan sports story two years in a row off the same season. Yes, because the playoffs are in January and February, right? With the Super Bowl, I don't know how they're going to play it out. But could they have the number one Michigan sports story two years in a row off the very same season? Who knows? I love it. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you with Lions resurgence and winning the NFC North unless there's a total collapse here in the final three. Michigan, you know, overall number one uh, seed in the college football playoff. I agree with on the field, uh, off the field, on the field, Harbaugh, Tucker, three and four. I don't know what five is. It's not Miguel's retirement. Yeah, I could see if they would have won, like, you know, the AO Central. But what is the fifth best sports story? In the state. Mm. 
I agree with your I agree with your top four. I I think you were yeah. you were looking for something with Cabrera, Timmy, because you and Brock just you guys are going on the well, fly. You're you entertaining in Mid Michigan. Brock thinks Cabrera is higher than uh, I. Brock's I mean, a, I, he, he's a bleeding heart baseball fan. Okay, Brock yeah. is. Well, plus the fact Cabrera was predictable too. Yeah, and uh, I think you know everybody knew it was coming. So, but because I couldn't come up with anything, we, we couldn't come up with anything else of any significance. Now, you know, it had, because, you know, Michigan State basketball wasn't anything. Michigan basketball wasn't anything per se. The Red Wings weren't really anything. The Kai Tigers had another losing season. Do you throw Connor Stallions into the hardball on the field, off the field stuff? Well, I just lumped that all in with the Michigan. But could we could we maybe story. throw CMU with Connor Stallions in at number five because they still can't identify who was on the sidelines there at Spartan Stadium? And that's the classic story too, is all of that CMU rhetoric. I think Connor Stallions and, needs his own story. I, I really do. I think he I think he is on his own. And Connor Stallions, actually, if you want to start the rankings, I might go Lions, Connor Stallions too, with how big that story was. Then I'll go Michigan, overall number one seed in the college football playoff, Big Ten champs, beat Ohio State again. I mean, there is kind of like four stories with Michigan by themselves, just like there's Michigan State. You know, there's a couple stories there, the hiring of Smith, the Mel Tucker being suspended, uh, Harlan Barnett, all the transfer portal. I mean, there's nine storylines for both schools. There really are. Well, if you if you separate the stories that way, if you break it down, then yeah, clearly Jonathan Smith is a separate story. Then you can say Connor Stallions is clearly a separate story. Yep, and yep. because of the, and the length of that story, I mean, that story permeated for almost two weeks from Thursday prior to the Michigan Permeated State. would be a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my question is, is Connor Stallions going to be in the stands at the Sugar Bowl? And which sideline is he looking at more, Texas or Washington? I'll tell you what, I'm going to say this right now. That is such a good point. If there is a college kid at Texas or Washington who dresses up in Michigan gear with those glasses that light up that you can take pictures and film, and he recreates the look on the sidelines either at CMU or with the Michigan gear on, the cameras won't stop jumping off them just like they didn't with Missouri when Missouri had that block M and the Connor Stallion story was hot and Missouri was playing at Georgia. They went back to that guy on the sidelines like 10 times during that broadcast. Well, and like my son says to me, if Connor Stallions does the same thing now at the Sugar Bowl and sends the video to Michigan or even talks with him, why is that a violation? He doesn't work there anymore. He's just a private citizen. And why can't a private Ooh. citizen who's sitting in the stands? That's why, why he resigned and he wasn't fired. There's more to yeah. this. There's there's more to this college. And how can CMU or Michigan State, because they have the security at the gates, they have cameras, they have people, they have, you know, it's their stadium. How can nobody identify who that person was on the Zapruder film? It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. Tim, you but said this. Like- you said this the first week of the season in one of our early conversations. You in talking when Harbaugh had the uh, self-imposed three-game suspension, Tucker stuff is hitting the fan in East Lansing. You said that this is the gift that keeps on giving for anybody oh, in the media. 
it's it's the greatest thing in radio. I mean, you can't believe the P- I'm in television right now. My weatherman says to me all the time, the only reason that ragtag radio show of yours is on the air is because you've got two places in this state with a gift that just keeps on giving. You just, I mean, all you got to do is fall out of bed. You got something to talk about that other people are talking about around the state. I mean, they're both completely separate. And what makes it even better is Michigan is having the season of a generation. And who knows how it's going to finish? And who knows what storyline? I, I claim in 2024, is Harbaugh back? Is Michigan going on probation? If Harbaugh's not back, who's the coach? Who comes back amongst the players? Who goes? That's just Michigan. Does Michigan State have anything going right out of the shoe for Jonathan Smith? I mean, these places are just, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. And then Juwan kind of teased us a little bit last week. But I'm not sure where this is all going to play out for him yet either one year from now. When we talk one year from today and look back on 2024, how are we going to rank the stories of the year in the state of Michigan? Yeah, Connor Stallions, I, man, I'll say this, and I, I Lions, I'll go with Lions winning the NFC North, but Connor Stallions might even dwarf Michigan winning the Big Ten beating Ohio State and being the overall number one seed because that story is still incredible and nobody still can identify the guy. It's just amazing. Well, then I said to Brock, if we could get one of two interviews from the following two people, but we could only one, who should we take between Mel Tucker and Connor Stallions and everybody who phoned in because nobody's seen or heard from Tucker since the big day, the day after Richmond, September 10th. Everybody said Connor Stallions because the guy's got to have him. I want to know exactly what he did, how he got away with it, what the payment was. And frankly, did it change the way Michigan played on the field with wins and losses or did it not? I'd love to hear from him. And how crazy would it be if the man on the sidelines actually was wearing a costume and it was Jim Harbaugh? Yeah. They weren't playing. I mean, but I think the Harbaugh story in 2024 is going to be fascinating. This Spanos from the Chargers says today, any amount of money he needed, that was the next thing today. I said to Brock, if you were the head of the Chargers and you could have one of two coaches and you get one of them, which one would you take between Belichick and Harbaugh? He answered Belichick. I'm not sure I would. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure either one of them will end up with the Chargers. But there's going to be an enormous amount of speculation when Michigan season ends. Now what happens? I always claim the best time to get these stories is right after somebody's football season ends because now in the offseason, especially in today's world, there are so many incredible changes that come to these teams. Where's J.J. next year? What's he going to do? And I get Michigan people that tell me because he would not be a prominent quarterback in the draft in Detroit in April with the name, image, and likeness that Michigan would provide for him, he can go back for another year, and then in the 2025 draft, he would be much higher and much more prominent. And name, image, and likeness, money changes all that so that you can make it a deal and make it worth your while to stay in college and play another year if you get paid right. Tim Stout, Stout on everything sports. Weekday mornings, 10 a.m. on the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. 7.30 a.m. now carrying the huge show live weekdays, 3 until 6. Tim, if we don't talk before Christmas, enjoy the holiday weekend with the family and friends. You too, Bill. Good to talk to you anytime. Always enjoy it. Yeah, Tim Stout. Yeah, that, that's an interesting topic. On Connor Stallions is, has to be after the Lions. Connor Stallions alone. I would say that's two. 
three would be what Michigan did winning the third straight Big Ten title, overall number one seed. Yeah, that would be that. That has to be Pistons' losing streak is up there too. I, I wouldn't put Miguel. And the Mel Tucker story is right there. That, that's your top five in my book. To the callers online, stick around. Michigan will hear you next on this Tuesday broadcast presented by the Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hi, I'm Casey. I don't just work at Meyer. I shop there. Get a $15 coupon like I did when you spend $150 or more this week in store. Print it at checkout, start redeeming next week, and get Meyer Spiral Sliced Ham for $0.89 per pound with M-Perks. Discount automatically applied when you enter your M-Perks ID limit one, plus potatoes, green beans, rolls, and more. Then save even more with M-Perks with a dollar off per gallon of gas. Get the same low prices, big deals, and great quality in store and online at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the Snowfall Lucky Draw, every Saturday in December. Select the lucky ornament from the holiday tree for the chance to take home your share of over $400,000 in prizes. It's the Snowfall Lucky Draw, every Saturday in December, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Where are you watching the Michigan-Alabama game on New Year's Day? Where you can join the huge show at Celebration Cinema North in Grand Rapids and other Celebration Cinema locations will be showing the game. For more info, go to CelebrationCinema.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. A reminder, tomorrow I'll be broadcasting live 3 until 6 p.m. The Ada Indoor Country Club on Pettis and Ada on the west side of the state. Now, anybody who's going to be in the Grand Rapids area between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., you can stop by the Ada Indoor Country Club. It's a public place. Actually, you can buy a membership for 2024 and get the rest of 2023. 
free, free use. But tomorrow's free, 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. Around Bacon Company will be selling pizzas and food. In their food truck, they'll have adult beverages for sale, non-alcoholic beverages all day long. 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. You can stop out and take three free swings in the long drive contest on the simulator and three closest to the pins. Winner of the long drive will get a Taco Tuesday overnight stay for four, 36 holes of golf, and that wonderful taco dinner at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Runner-up in the long drive will get a foursome to play Antrim Dells, part of the Agamemnon Collection near Charlevoix. Closest to the pin... We'll get a foursome to play Pilgrim's Run, and the runner-up will get a foursome for Antrim Dells near Charlevoix. 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. tomorrow. It's open to the public all ages at the Ada Indoor Country Club on Pettis, which is in Ada on the west side of the state. 24-7, everything you need with this show is free at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. 